the optimal life. So, David, let's start with what exactly is copywriting? Well, copywriting is the uh, persuading people to take a certain action, usually to buy something. Sometimes it's to click on a link. Uh, copywriting can be anything from the stuff you see on TV, you know, the uh, expensive ads for Procter & Gamble, to, you know, those things that pop up on your screen uh, when you're surfing the web. Little banner ads, video sales letters, all sorts of things to try to sell you things on the internet. So it's it's a wide range. And we're being exposed to copyright every single second of every single day. Is that is that essentially a, a fair statement? Uh, yeah, that's a. I would say that's a pretty fair statement. And how do we know? Like, how how do you know if you're if you're coming across? copyright because you know there's people don't understand that what they're seeing is all something to try to influence like when you if i go online and i click on a website mm -hmm. is it safe to say that right off the bat i'm being exposed to copy yeah i i would say you know copy is certainly the stuff that you see on a website about the company or about the person or about whatever it is. And I, I think we're always trying to be influenced in one way or another. We're, you're trying to be influenced to keep reading. You're trying to be influenced maybe to buy something from that website or or to sign up for something or to think better about that company or person. So when you were at, at the, uh, the ad agency, right? is that where all this copywriting was being created and developed is this where it all began for you yeah pretty much i kind of fell into it uh accidentally and uh just found that i you know really enjoyed it and what what did you enjoy about it what was it that that said hey i i can do this well i think i always had a kind of a knack for writing and enjoyed writing and i i think um that one of the things I love about copywriting is just finding out about different things. Like I've learned about hundreds of different companies and dozens of different industries. Never ceases to amaze me how many different companies there are, how many different kinds of companies there are, how many different things they make and services they provide. Mm. And I love learning about that stuff, whether it's laundry detergent or how they make, you know, these little parts that go into machines. Now, if you have the best laundry detergent in the market, but don't have a good way to market it, don't have a strong message behind it, are you going to be able to sell that laundry detergent? And how important, I guess my question is, is how important is the message behind the product? Well, it's pretty important, obviously, to, you know, to get, you've got to convey, you know, the thing about building a better mousetrap, right? You can't just build a better mousetrap. No one's going to beat a path to your door. You've got to tell people about it. And it's the same thing with any product, any service. Um, people have to be convinced that it's better. And there's a lot of stuff out there. And as you said, there's a lot of people competing for your attention to tell you how great their stuff is. Yeah. So how do you separate yourselves? Everyone wants to tell you how great they are. What are some tips and tricks that you help your clients with? Like, hey, these are some things that you need to focus on to really differentiate. 
Well, I think you have to really go deep into the product itself, whether the product is you or the product is, you know, a widget that your company makes or that you make. And really, you know, what is it about this that's that's unique? How can, can you say anything about it where you can say, this is the only, this is the only widget made in the United States. This is the only widget that, you know, that incorporates these kinds of materials. It's the only widget that's still made out of, you know, rubber or whatever they make widgets. I don't even know what a widget is, but it's the only one that's still made out of genuine rubber, right? It's the only one not made in China. It's the only one that's made in, you know, Pittsburgh, whatever it is, right. what's unique about your product. Okay. And, you know, how can you convey that to people? How can you convey, how can you prove it, right? By, okay, these are people that have used this widget. They're happy with it. Look at what they have to say. Um, look at the material we, that goes into the widget. We use this kind of material and this kind of material. Here are the workers that put it together. They're proud of what they do. So, okay. So in this example, let's stick on this. Okay. So you've got a widget and you're saying, here's a, here's a way to differentiate. You can say that we're the, if we're the only, we better make sure everybody knows that we're the only, but uh, in this example, give us, give us something that you would typically coach your clients through. What's, what are some of the, give us like a sample, couple sentences that you could see that would get out there in, in form, in a form of copy. Well, I think you want to, get down to what are the what's the problems that this widget is going to solve right um and you know if it's something for gardening or if it's something for i don't know i think widgets have to do with horses or something like that i don't know it just sounds like a horse thing but well i think anything could be a widget in the <laughs> in the world i grew up on it's kind of just one of those generic terms there you go it's just like a thingamabobby thingamabobby right right exactly so what problem does it solve right and how do we understand that problem so that we can convince people that this is a solution? Sometimes people have a problem and they don't know it. Like you see that on, uh, you know, infomercials on TV, right? I, I never realized I had a problem, you know, with mops getting into corners. And now there's this amazing mop that gets into corners, right? This is incredible, right? And sometimes it's a problem that people know they have, like they know their arm hurts, they have arthritis, Right. They know they're in pain. They know they have to clean their house. They know that, you know, certain things are a problem. Right. Um, so you have to kind of know where people are in terms of the problem if they recognize that this widget can be a solution to it. But but and, in terms of the copy on this particular widget, whatever it is, is the copy something that's like a headline? Or is it something that's a detailed paragraph? Or it does it depend on based upon the situation? Well, I think it starts as an understanding of the product and the people. And then it kind of starts as a concept, like how are we going to connect what we have to this problem, right? How are we going to convince them? Are we going to just, you know, uh, call them out? Like, hey, if you have this problem, there's now a solution. You know, there's a famous ad, uh, um, or are we going to maybe do like a little dramatization. Like there's a famous ad for a piano course and the uh, the headline was, uh, they laughed when I sat down at the piano, but when I started to play, dot, dot, dot. And it was just perfect because yeah, that's why you want to play piano is you want to impress your friends. And 
this idea of redemption, right, was a very powerful concept for playing the piano. People laughed. Oh, he can't play the piano. Oh, look, he is. This is amazing. So that's, you know, you could explore ideas like that. How do we make the widget be, you know, something that makes someone a hero? How do we make someone it be something that helps someone do their job better? Uh, but the hero. message is not you're 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 saying that there's not necessarily a limit on the message on like the word count. Copy can be more than just a headline. Sure. I mean, you're you're limited by format sometimes. Okay, we got this web page, we got this little Google banner ad, we've got a TV commercial, it's only 30 seconds, we've got a radio commercial, it's 60 seconds. Gotcha. So, and and you could be essentially writing the entire ad. When you say I'm writing copy, that really is you're writing a marketing ad for whoever your client is. Right. Right. And sometimes they come to you and say, We have a, we bought 30 seconds of radio time. We need you to write something to fill it. And sometimes they're like, we got this widget and we need your help selling it. Is copy more effective in delivering the message that, hey, you have a problem, here's how we could fix it? Or is it more effective as, hey, you like this, you're good at doing this thing, you don't necessarily have a problem, but we can enhance it? Well, I think it depends. It depends on people's desire. It depends on, you know, um, how strong that desire is in people, right? If it's making money, it's like, yeah, uh, you have a desire for money, we can enhance it, right? You have a, a desire to be attractive to potential mates, we can help you. Our skin cream can help enhance that. But, you know, if it's a relatively minor thing, like, you know, you have a problem keeping your front porch clean. We can enhance that. You know, it's that's so it's not, not one size fits all. It depends on the right. situation. Okay. Yeah, very much so, I think. Well, I on your website you have the example of copy that not necessarily was very effect was effective. And then you have on the reverse what happened when it be, did become effective. So let's use your example. The okay. old milk, the old milk slogan, milk does a body good, right? Right. And then you said that copy wasn't very effective when they said got milk, everything changed. Talk us through that, please. Well, the old way of promoting milk was, you know, milk does a body good. Milk is good for you. You should drink milk It 12 ways it, or that's Wonder Bread. But, you know, there are many ways that milk, it gives you calcium, it gives you vitamin D. Um, it's very good for you. You should drink it. Right. And people really don't care too much about that. There's a lot of things we need to do that are good for us. Um, and I think what Got Milk did, which was a series of commercials where they had people in different situations where they really wanted milk. They had a problem, right? One guy was, you know, called in a radio show and he was about to answer the question, but he had just eaten some peanut butter. He didn't have any milk. So his mouth was all sticky from the peanut butter and he couldn't answer the question. I mean, it's mm. silly, right? But it was fun. And it, it was like, yeah, I recognize that problem. Milk goes good with peanut butter. Milk goes good with cookies. I need milk in my coffee, right? So that cereal. I, got right? Milk, I need milk in my cereal, right? Mm. So that idea of got milk, positioned milk as a problem, a solution to that problem. And really tied in, like I was talking before, really tied into the way people use milk and how they perceive it. 
how the, how it's a problem without it. That, that's very interesting. Because if you really dissect the message, that's what you're talking about. The first message, the former message, it does a body good. As you said just a few moments ago, so do a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So we're not really differentiating. You know, you could have a hundred things that quote unquote do the body good. And then you said when they change the message to say, hey, do you have this basically? Yes or no? Do you have it? Because I think you probably need it. That really made a big difference on the, I would assume it had a direct impact on, on the national sales of milk. Yeah, I think it definitely was very effective. Where do people struggle most, uh, David? You see this all the time. I mean, you're coaching people that are beginners, intermediate, intermediate, maybe some advanced people, of course. Uh, what's a, what's some common pitfalls that people struggle with when they're writing copy? I think when people struggle is that they don't write from the heart. They don't write like if I was going to sell you on something, right? If I was going to sell you on this coffee cup, you know, I might say, I, you know, I would say, look, I, I know you love coffee and it's so nice to drink coffee in a cup that's the right size, right? And that retains the heat. You know, I, but I think people start writing and they're like, you know, um, they get into like writer mode. They go back into the sixth grade and they're doing a book report, right? You know, coffee cups have a long history of, you know, use through civilization or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Or, you know, this is a killer coffee cup. And they're, they're like imitating what they've seen on, you know, the internet. Um, they don't they don't get in touch with kind of what I call their inner persuader. So they, they try too hard to be writing rather than just simply persuading and writing down how they would persuade someone. I would imagine too that a lot of that's probably they're tied together, but I would imagine that a lot of these folks sit down and they're writing without necessarily thinking about the other person's position perspective. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you see people struggle with? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, because when I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm taking into account you, you love coffee, you like nice things, whatever it is about you that I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of also looking out for your best interest. I don't want you to buy this coffee cup if it's, if, if you don't drink coffee, you know, or if you don't like this color or whatever it is, right. I want, I want it to be right for you. I care about you. That's why when you're writing, if you could write to someone you care about, right, write to your mom, you know, you wouldn't BS your mom. And if you did, she would just roll her eyes and go, stop copywriting at me, Sonny. You know, I'm your mom. Like, stop, stop BSing me. So those are some of the things that people struggle with. What are some area, what makes somebody a, a really, a really sound and seasoned copyright? What are the things that you're doing to help these people? I think I'm I'm getting them in touch with what they would say to someone, right? What they would say to someone. That's the first step. That's the first step, really. What would you say to someone in person? How would you get their attention? How would you, you know. Put it into layman's terms. Yeah. Put it into layman's terms. Have a conversation. Um, and I think also just to be interesting. I think, you know, that you've, you've got two things going on with copy, right? You've got. How does it sell you on something? How does it convince you to take the action? But also, if you're not reading it, if you're not watching the video, then you're not going to be convinced to take the action because you're not 
listening. You're not reading it anymore, right? You've clicked off. So at the same time that the selling is important, so is keeping their attention and keeping them on the page and keeping them interested and not putting them to sleep and not boring them. Mm. That's such a delicate balance, especially in today's age. You could talk about this better than most people. To be able to convince somebody is hard enough keeping their attention. Come on, David. We only have like three or four seconds of attention span. Right, right. (laughs) I mean, that's got to be a tremendously challenging uh, thing to overcome in this environment. Yeah, it is. And I, but I, I think at the same time, people pay attention to what they're interested in. If I said, you know, Nate, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you about you for, you know, some things I've learned about you, some things I perceive about you. Like you'd listen to me for a half hour. Oh, I was going to say, I'd listen to you for an entire day if you wanted to talk about me. Yeah, I I certainly would too, right? I'm my favorite topic. Right. right. Um, And and, and it's the same thing, I think, right? If you can talk about, you know, the subject of what copywriting is about shouldn't be about you. It should be about the prospect, their Mm. problems, you know, their relating to their experience. It should be about them. And then- your product is the solution to the things about them that they want to solve. How about when you've produced in your mind a killer, using your word, killer copy piece? This is going to be huge. It's going to be, this is one of my best works of all time. And then it falls short of expectations. How, how do you manage those situations? Well, you know, it stings a little bit. There's a part of me that's glad because I know that I'm going to learn from that a lot more than I would if it worked, mm. right? Um, like I'm going to learn from that. Oh, like this doesn't work. What did I do here that it didn't work? So, I what's an see, example? What's an example, David? If you don't mind, give us something that comes to mind. Maybe that that you said, "Oh, this didn't work. This is what I did wrong. This is what I fixed for the next time." There was a a promotion I did once for a supplement about heart health. And um, it was very, it it didn't work as well as it should have out of the gate. And when I looked at it, I could see it was very left-brained. It was very intellectual. It was very, you know, these ingredients do these things. And it was, you know, was an interesting headline, but it was left-brained, right? You had to think about it. Um, And what we did instead was just to have a picture of two arteries, right? Two heart arteries. And one was like clogged from, you know, gunk that you eat. And the other one was like sparkling clear. It was like a cross section of an artery. And the and the client was like, you can't show that. That's gross. You can't show pictures of people's arteries, <laughs> you know? And uh, it just, it worked really well because it was more of a visceral, you know, look what this does here. We will show you rather than trying to like convince or explain or, you know, intellectually change people. It's hard to change people's minds intellectually. Sure. Sure. Okay. So that makes sense. Again, more back to the layman's uh, approach. Like you said, keep it simple, deliver the message. How would you deliver this uh, to somebody if you were talking to them? Uh, Are there situations where a shock and awe kind of marketing campaign or message is effective? And if so, what would be an example of that? Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, someone I worked with once did a, once did a ad 
Um, and it was the headline was read this or die. And that was pretty shocking, you know? And uh, I think it was effective. It, a lot of it is how you come off of that, right? How do you follow that up? How do you bridge, right? You can't just keep shocking people. You can't just say, read this or die, and then say, if you don't read this, you're going to drop dead instantly. You're going to die from a heart attack in a year. All these bad things are going to happen to you. You have to kind of come off that in a nice way. You have to say, read this or die, you know? And then he kind of came off it with, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that could be very harmful to your health. And you may well you may well die of a disease that has been cured in some other country. We bring you these cures from other places. We travel the world to find out what's working. And um, but the shock kind of got people's attention. How, how do you not read something that says "read this or die"? Sure, you know. Sure. And curiosity is is huge, right? At, pulls people in. You see that on the internet so much these days with, you know, cl even clickbait. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Curiosity play. Read this or die. That's, that's uh, incredible. And then you said you have to almost switch though and pull a 180 and become, Hey, this is, this is a shocking headline, but the message behind it is actually for your benefit. We're sympathetic. We're empathetic. And there's yeah. potential solutions out there for you that you're not aware of. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. You you got into something I meant to ask. You got into this direct response, and there's different different types of copywriting. Talk to us about what exactly direct response is. Well, you know, when I was at the ad agency, we we did ads, obviously, and TV commercials, and there was no direct response device, right? It wasn't like send in this coupon. It wasn't you know um, pick up the phone and buy this product. It was just you know, here's a nice, interesting thing about this beer, or here's a nice, interesting thing about this product. You should go to the supermarket and buy it sometimes. You didn't even have to say that, right? People knew. If you want this laundry detergent, you go to the supermarket and you buy it. A direct response is more, you know, in the old days, it was like send in this coupon. Nowadays, it's like click here or, you know, go to this website, uh, pick up the phone and and you know, operators are standing by and actually buy this thing right away. Um, so it's measurable, right? You know, like when, when I did ads for uh in the ad agency, you never really knew exactly what the ad did, uh, right? It, yeah. it ran, we think sales are up, you know. Um, but when you, you can measure it, you can measure it much more effectively today. Yeah, you can measure it to the 10th of a percent. You know, it's like right. send an email, people buy or they don't buy. They click or they don't click. It's it's almost instantaneous. So I'm curious then, how does a copyright get paid today? And I assume that there's different structures, but is it is it an hourly arrangement? Maybe you have a set fee. Do you get some kind of commission based on clicks? How, how does that all work? Yeah, I mean, it works in as many ways as you can think of, right, to get paid. There are some writers that are on salary working for ad agencies or companies. There are writers that get paid by the hour, right? Okay, I work for a certain amount of hours. I bill you for the time. There are writers get paid by the project, right? I write a commercial. I bill you $2,000. I write this. I bill you this. I write an email. I bill you a certain amount of money. Um, and then there are other writers, which which is the way that that I get paid, 
which is okay, you pay a certain fee, but you also pay either a percent of sales or percent of names that come in or some other because there's so many measurable, you know, ways, even by how much it improves what you had before. Like, okay, if you uh, you did this before, if I help you do 10% of that or 20% of that, then you pay me, you know, accordingly. That's got to be extremely stimulating when you see one of your marketing pieces of work, one of your copyrights, just killing it. That's got to be so thrilling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's kind of, you know, at its best, it's like getting, it's like you were in a sitcom and you got residual, you get residuals, you know, <laughs> every couple of months. It's like, so, wow, I did this, I did this five years ago and I'm still getting checks for this. This is great. So there's a lot of people listening right now and going, huh, this sounds interesting. I'm pretty good at writing. I'm pretty good at marketing, but I don't, what, what kind of path do I go to? How do I even? do this? How do I even pull this off? For those folks that are interested in getting into the field of copyright, what's the, what, what kind of path do you suggest they go? Well, I would, you know, I would find some books about it, right? There are some good books by Ogilvy, Hopkins, Caples. Um, I would, I would go to my, you know, uh, go can to we my mention your Can we mention your book, David, while we're at it? Million Dollar Marketing Secrets. Oh God, that hasn't been out for a while. I need to revise that and get that back up there. But oh, okay. if people if people <laughs> go to my website, um, can I give that instead? Because yeah, absolutely. Out. We'll give whatever you'd like. Um, that would be uh, davidldeutsch.com. D-A-V-I-D, L is in Lee, and then D-E-U-T-S-C-H.com. And there's some stuff there about copywriting. There are the ABCs of copywriting. Uh, there's some courses, there's an upcoming course in creativity, um, but that's a good starting point. And there's okay, that's a good starting point to read books and to go to your course. And, you know, you're the type of person that's going to help these people. But I mean, how does somebody go from scratch, here I am with a blank slate, to then getting hired to write copy for somebody? I mean, there's no real traditional path, it seems like. No, there's there really is no traditional path. There's a lot of different paths. Uh, some people will work for a company that does direct response or that does copywriting or that does advertising and, you know, get uh, training that way. Um, you can be mentored by someone. Um, I've mentored different people, trained different people. Uh, the, the, their, their copywriters to take on kind of apprentices or copy cubs. Um I mean, that's the best thing, really. You really want someone to review your work because it's hard to doctor yourself, right? It's hard to be your own lawyer, hard to be your own doctor, hard to critique your own copy. So you, and you really need that outside, you know, from someone who's been there and done that. Now, now, why should I choose David to mentor me and coach me when I can simply just go to chat GPT? <laughs> What do you say? What's going on with this AI stuff? And, and are you worried that it will have a, a direct negative impact on copyright? Well, I don't know. I mean, it does have a certain negative impact on copywriting in the sense that there's a lot of mediocre copywriting out there now. Because the one thing you really need to work with AI properly is discernment. 
right? You, you need to know what's good copy and what's not because AI is going to come out with stuff that is going to occasionally come out with something really good, but it's going to come out with a lot of junk. And if you don't know the difference, it, you're, in a way, your copy is going to be progressively worse. Um, right. So, and, and, and they may be, they, it might look good. The copy itself might look great, right? But right. is it delivering the proper message to the audience they're trying to target? That's another thing. Yeah, and and I think too, does it does it have the humanness that's effective, right? Because you know, robot is not going to be able to sell you something. So it, it's it's the human aspect of it. It's a friend telling you something, and if you don't feel that human connection, um, then it's not going to be as effective. But how do you feel a human connection by looking at words on a magazine cover? How how does that work? Well, I don't know about the cover. Um, you certainly can feel a human connection from copy, which is, you know, uh, that's what people respond to, right? When they respond to a book, there's a, there's a human connection with the characters in Harry Potter. This, there's, you know, th there's there's a depth to that. Um, the best advertising, I think, there's a there's a humanness. You look at it and you say, yes, I've I've had that experience with my family, little slice of life kinds of commercials and things. Mm. So that's, I think AI to me is a partner, right? It's an assistant. It's something that can really help you, you know, you can give, say, give me 20 ideas for this, right? Maybe, maybe two of them are really good ideas. You've got to right. be able to pick the two that are really good ideas. You've got to be able to add from your own experience as a human a human aspect maybe to what comes from ai i gotta tell you an interesting experiment would be to put if if i knew that a robot submitted this article or this ad to me versus you submitting this article i would much rather be i would be way more willing to work with you or this product that you're promoting than i would be knowing that this was spit out by a a, a computer program it could right. be the exact same ad david but just the fact that you did it and we have a human connection sure and humanity has a connection we can't we can't relate to robots i would go with you and i and if i knew the ad was the robot i would want nothing to do with it that's just my personal opinion yeah I, and i think a lot of people feel that way and that's it's branding to a certain extent right is is having a relationship with a person whether that person is a spokesperson for the company or the owner of the company or whoever or that, or the relationship is with a brand, right? I, I just feel good about Apple, right? I, you know, I'm going to buy because it's Apple, because of their advertising, because of their product, because of what I perceive from them. Yeah. We're getting close to finishing up. DavidLDeutsch.com. We've linked that in the show notes. If you guys want to learn more about David and his website and, and his consultancy, please click the link. You could uh, find out a lot there. Um, I see that you, you say that you've sold over a billion dollars worth of goods and services for your clients. So when I see something like that, David, I'm, I go to myself, well, what, what's next for you? I mean, haven't you hit Mount Everest in this field? Where, where do you go from here? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I really like working with people. I really like helping people be better copywriters. I'm not, I'm not so interested anymore in writing copy for money. You know, I, I'm more interested in being a partner with businesses to help them grow, 
Um, and yes, a lot of that is helping them with copy or helping them write better copy or helping their writers write better copy. So that's that's kind of where I, I, I am now is just working with people, whether they're writers, whether they're companies. Um, I work with huge companies. I work with individuals. Mm. Um, and I like that. I like training. I like producing, you know, uh, courses, training people. I like talking with you about copywriting. Uh, and I enjoy talking with you about this as well. My final question for you, we'll wrap it up. Um, what's an ad? What's a marketing campaign that's caught your eye recently that you say, yeah, that's really, that was done really well. Is there anything that comes to mind? Oh, gosh. Um, whenever I ask questions like that, my mind immediately goes blank and I can't think of anything <laughs> that... Um, I have I have seen on TV lately. Um, That's all right. Just curious no, if there was something that people should say, like, they can go check it out and go like, yeah, that was a good one. You know, I've been doing some nonprofit work, and I've been looking at the the uh, Shriners commercials, which you can Google on uh, YouTube, and I think those are just genius. And I think that because they make you the hero in other words it's not we're shiners hospitals we do these things and we're, we really help kids and we're wonderful and you should send us money it's like you're the hero right you're great for sending you're you're we couldn't do this without you and mm -hmm. it, they do it in a very you know in a very warm and wonderful way and i think that even if you're not a nonprofit, even if you don't write for nonprofits. I think they're worthy of study because they're basically not selling anything except for you to feel good by giving them money. And there's a lot, be, and in a way, that's how we sell stuff, right? And it's not just an exchange of money for widget. It's an exchange of money for how I'm going to feel having this widget. It's going to make me a hero. It's going to make me a better person. It's going to make me more productive. It's going to make me a better, all these, these things that I do. I'm going to feel better about myself. I'm going to feel more confident. There's a lot of elements like that. It's not just, you know, and especially if you're selling information, right? It's not just a pile of information, right? It's what you become through this information. Just like mm. it's what you become by giving us money. You become a hero. You become a good person. Shriners so, ads. There you have it, yeah. folks. Check it out, Shriners. You can go online and look it up. Hey, uh, really fascinating stuff, David. Awesome connecting with you and, and continued success. All right. Thank you. It's been great talking with you.